0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kingdom Speak. You know, most times when we start off the podcast, we intentionally don't talk about the news or the world outside because it's crazy. Well, we're switching it up today and we're going to open the curtains, ask you to come out of the basement and look outside. (laughs) And let's talk about the world in 2021. Welcome to Kingdom Speak. We want to do this. Yeah. Are you you sure you want to open the
1: curtain? (laughs) (laughs) Might be a problem. Hello,
0: 2021.
1: Here we are for everybody that was expecting it to be different.
0: Mm. It is. (laughs) I'm just not sure it's different in the way you wanted it to be different. I saw the meme you know, you thought 2020 was bad and then. Six days into twenty one and they get the picture of that guy in the US in the speaker's chair standing up with his hands up with Yeah, their, with the with the horns horn yeah. or whatever yeah. he's got on his yeah. head. We never saw yeah. that in twenty twenty. No.
1: No, we sure didn't. So how is everybody doing in twenty
0: twenty one? I'm good. Excellent. Good. The New Year's resolutions are still alive. Are you being are you being honest? Yeah. Oh all right. That's right. They're right. still alive. I just copied and pasted what I had last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You
1: needed to start all over again. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah.
0: <laughs> we
1: are in for a treat today.
0: Um, two treats.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Treats times two. We have got, you know, we've we been, what are we, eight months in yep. doing this? We've been doing this about eight months. It's felt like about
0: eight minutes underwater. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And, we we had a guest last year that like people are just beating the drum to hear from, so you know it. We um we we, we had to bring him back.
0: This is a risk to, because he may take over the show. Yes, yeah, he's done true. that before. Like missionary Brad Lambeth. We he takes over when he gets on yeah. show. How about yeah. shows? Yeah, plural.
1: So if you're wondering who we're talking about, it would be my dear friend Pastor Wade Townley. How are you, sir? see here they are here they are what can i say
2: Uh, you're too kind you're too kind my friend
1: hey
2: so glad to be with y'all today thanks for the invitation i'll try not to take over the uh, conversation though how about that (laughs) yeah just just keep the subject off evangelism and i'll be okay that's
1: it i knew it was going there (laughs) I, i knew it was going there
2: Thank you for the invitation. God bless my friends.
1: Hey, we certainly do appreciate um, everything that you contributed to Kingdom Speak last year, and this year, we have already got a number of guests Mm -hmm. lined up, and Pastor Townley is going to be doing some dedicated uh, episodes with us, but we want him to help us introduce um, our our second guest of the this episode, who who is joining us for the first time, mm-hmm. and uh, Pastor Townley has helped us get this set up. Go ahead, Brother Townley, tell us a little bit more about our well, guest.
2: The surprise guest, of course, is Bishop Floyd Odom, and really. Anyone that's connected to Pentecost uh, really doesn't need an introduction. His ministry, uh, of course, uh, speaks for itself. And um, I I was thinking about uh, Brother Odom this morning, and I thought about uh, a master speaker, a master teacher, a master preacher, um, but most importantly, a master saint. Uh, a Christian Well said. and really, that's the biggest honor that I, mm. I could give to him is the uh, North Star, the setting of a course that a generation really has been able to set their course by the decisions that he's made that's helped a generation stay on course. So I'm beyond honored just to be able to be uh, with him today and to be with you all and i love bishop i love you with all my heart thank you for the light that you've been to me personally in my personal life and of course but i respect you most importantly as a man of god as a minister and someone that has helped me chart my christian walk he introduced me first i guess to jesus in a way that i had never known before never forget the first message that he preached that I listened to. I had never heard of him, grown up on the backwoods of the country setting and uh, went in and heard this man preaching about Jesus. And I'll never forget that moment. And because of that, I truly believe I have been changed by that message and then the continued message. So I love you not to be so sappy and so, but I love you with all my heart. And I mean, every word of it, oh. welcome.
1: Bishop Odom, wow, this is a delight. We are honored to have you, um, joining us. I don't have the history with, um, you or the, uh, minister, ministerial wise or, or otherwise. It's been, it's been in recent years that, that we were privileged to make your acquaintance, but, uh. You are the type of, um, a man that it doesn't take you long to make an impact and you have done exactly that. So, um, I wanted to, I wanted to have you on the podcast and I, I really, I really do appreciate you taking time to be with us. Um, I know, I know that you got a schedule and you could be anywhere but we're glad that you're here that's right thank you and we we really do look forward to you um talking to us today from your heart so let let me just say this and i want i want to just say this to get us started and then i really just want you to talk to us about whatever you feel um but it, in in preparation for uh our our episode today i, I was thinking of of say that the 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 church in corinth who is just i mean clearly by the two letters that paul wrote to them they're 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 in a mess man it's it's the world the church world for sure was upside down and and things were needing direction and there's something about paul's voice that just brought a sense of order mm. to the chaos you know there's there's, there's certain moments in every church, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm speaking both locally and even in a corporate sense, where the voice of an elder just is needed to bring that reassurance. And so the whole point of what we want to talk about today is to give you as an elder an opportunity to, to speak to our audience, which, which spans across a number of a number of local congregations. Our world's going crazy. Politically, it's crazy. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Uncertainty. Um, I just I just feel like we need to hear from elders in moments like this mm, well that, that have insight and can give us the stability that we need in a shifting environment that we're in. Talk to us about that, Bishop. We want to hear from you.
3: Well, first of all, thank you very much for the invitation to be with you all today. And as I've already mentioned to you all that this is an extremely high honor for me to be able to participate on this platform, knowing that you're reaching thousands of people around the world. I give honor to you, Brother McKillop. God bless you and your father Bishop that is at the church in Plaster Rock. What a great church. And I'm telling people far and wide, it's truly been one of the great churches that I've ever visited. And I'm honored to be with you. Thank and then my long time and dear friend, Pastor Townley from Guru Maine, it's impossible for me to express in a sentence or a brief paragraph, what he his wife and family mean to my family. And for me to be with you today, Brother Townley, I promise you that this old preacher is highly honored to be here. May God bless you in this ministry. And I do not want to take this moment for granted because we are living in a time of life that are it is trying the souls of men. I want to talk to you first of all, just about some general circumstances that's going around us. I'm currently doing an in-depth review of the longest recorded sermon in the scriptures that Jesus preached. And that longest recorded sermon has been titled The Sermon on the Mount, which completes chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew. Mm-hmm. But his second longest recorded sermon, our written sermon, is found in Matthew chapter 24 and chapter 25. Sure. And he delivered this lesson and sermon only because four of his disciples asked him the question, what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world or Mm. the end of the age? Now, those four disciples were two sets of brothers, James and John and Peter and Andrew. And that opened the door for Jesus to begin to talk about some of the great events of prophecy that we're seeing fulfilled before our very eyes what a great day to be in the church what a great day to be in the ministry absolutely what a great day to know this apostolic message and the revelation of the mighty god in jesus christ Hmm. recently i wrote an article and it came from the book of esther uncle mordecai because he would not bow and give public honor to wicked Haman, Haman was willing to exterminate every Jew that was in the kingdom of King Ahasuerus. But by this time, Mordecai's niece, Esther, had been chosen and promoted to be the queen to King Ahasuerus. And when Mordecai learned of the sinister plot of Haman, he sent a message to his niece, now the queen, and he said, um, you know, could be that you've been brought into the kingdom hmm. wow. for such a time as this. Yeah. Hmm. This isn't new with me, but in times like these, I want the church, the Esther to know that God has brought us into the kingdom oh, for yeah. such a time oh, as this.
1: yeah, absolutely.
3: In Matthew 24, Jesus gives a lot of startling uh, headlines about signs of the time. And, but there's one little thing I want to emphasize, and we've preached this all of our years. We've learned and memorized some of the things like you will hear of the wars and the rumors of wars and kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilence, earthquakes, But Jesus said, all these are the beginning of sorrows, but the end is not yet. I'm just kind of wondering how long we're going to be in the beginning stage, Hmm. because all of my years, I know there's been wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and earthquakes and diverse places. Are we still in the beginnings of it? I'm not sure Hmm but I do believe that things are about to begin to steamroll and begin to run downhill much more rapidly because we are now nearing the end of the age. I wanna first of all say that we should not be dismayed because we're seeing these things come to pass. What a great time for the church to be that city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Mm. Neither does a man light a candle and cover it with a bushel or with a basket. But it gives light to the house. This isn't new with me, but the darker the night, the brighter the light. And the nearer that we get to the end of the age, I believe the church is gonna be the illumination, the light for Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. And let your light so shine that men may see your good works. Yes. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Yes. So to the pastors, God bless you. Don't be dismayed. Don't dare think this is a time to quit. Throw your hands up. We are the generation upon whom the, the ends of the world has come. Yes. Perhaps at a later session we'll talk more about the breakdown of prophecies and prophets and things we're seeing come to pass. But don't give up. The church is in good hands.
1: Yes.
3: Not only is the church in good hands, but don't you forget that Isaiah prophesied of the birth of Messiah, and he said, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And I know that we're going through a lot of transitional times around the world with governments but he still has the whole world mm. in his hand. Yeah. So may God bless every church and may God bless every pastor and may God bless every gospel preacher, whether you are an evangelist or a missionary, this is your day. Right. And then finally, may God bless every saint of God mm. that is faithful to the ministry and to the local church. I was thinking, Brother McKillop and Brother Townley, that um, when we talk about how preachers need to respond to what's going to be happening here, yes. and I appreciate you referring to the church in Corinth, Pastor McKillop, because I've been doing some lessons out of 2 Corinthians especially. Do you remember when Paul was writing the church and he said something down this line that He knew of a man above 14 years ago, whether in the body or not, I I don't know. I can't tell. What an experience that this man, that Paul was referring to himself, had. But he said, I was taken to a place that is called paradise. Brother Townley, I find it interesting that word paradise is used because just before his last breath, Jesus said to a criminal on the cross, this day, thou (laughs) shalt be with me (laughs) in paradise. Well, well. (laughs) And so Paul talked about being taken to this beautiful place called paradise. And unfortunately, he didn't share a lot of information about what he saw. In fact, nothing. But he did say, I heard words that are not lawful for me to utter. Yes. And then Paul talked about this, and I want to direct this to the ministry. Pastors, get ready. I believe that God is going to use some of you in so many wonderful ways that you have not yet imagined. I believe the mark of excellence is going to be in your life and in your ministry. But when Paul wrote about this experience that had happened 14 years previously, he he confessed that, you know what, I can lift myself up and exalt myself because of this experience. But he says, I'm not going to be a fool and to exalt myself because I was able to visit paradise, because if I do that, you're going to think more of me and have a higher estimation in your mind of me than what you need to have. Right. And then Paul Mm -hmm. gets down to the real grit of it all to be sure that he did not self-exalt himself. He said, you know, there was sent to me a thorn in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Then he called that thorn in the flesh as Satan's messenger to buffet mm-hmm. me. Yeah, And here's a man that had so many prayers answered for other people. And he said, I prayed for myself three <laughs> times about this thorn in the flesh. Uh, and finally, I got a word from God. And I want to say it like this, that the Holy Ghost was such a diplomat. When he spoke to Paul, <laughs> he could have said, forget it, Paul. I'm not going to take the thorn out of your flesh. But he just said, Paul, my grace <laughs> is Woo! sufficient yeah. for me. And Paul said, in my weakness, that's when I become strong. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not going to make a, a prediction that this will happen to the, to the ministry, But as long as we can do things within ourselves, I think we're limiting the miraculous things that God can do through us. I think we need to recognize our frailties and our weaknesses. Paul simply said that I will not glory in this flesh. Mm -hmm. To the same church in the book of 2 Corinthians, and I won't take time on this podcast, but a few things deserve to be mentioned Paul gives a breakdown of the things that he suffered and endured for the sake of the gospel. Mm -hmm. He begins, and he talks about, I'm in labors abundant, stripes above measure, prisons more frequent, beaten with rods. Five times, he said, from the Jews, I received Mm -hmm. 40 stripes, save one. Three times, he said, I suffered shipwreck a night and a day just bobbing like a cork on the high seas, a night and a day in the deep. Then he talked about perils, perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils of his own countrymen, perils of heathen, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness. And he talked about perils among false brethren. He talked about being in pain and in watching, in hunger, in thirst, in cold, and in nakedness all of these things for him to continue his gospel ministry. You know, I was writing an essay recently and I talked about this very thing. And I talked about if there was ever a time in Paul's life that he could have gotten discouraged and called it quits and given up. (laughs) It was when he was given the thorn in the flesh. It was when he went through the some two dozen things Mm -hmm. to be a messenger of Jesus Christ. But he says, no, I'm not going to do that. But the powerful thing that Paul said, and I want to direct this directly to the ministry. He said, you know, I'm going to take pleasure in my problems. Wow. Now, this is Paul's writings, not mine. He mentions five things, his infirmities, his reproaches, his bare necessities of life, persecutions, and his distresses. So, instead of being exalted above measure, because he visited a place called paradise and heard things that are not lawful for Uh us to hear him say, he made a choice. I'm going to take the situations that I'm facing, and I'm going to make these things a time of enjoyment. (laughs) Bible says that he said, I'm going to take pleasure. And by definition, pleasure means I'm going to be happy about the circumstance that I'm mm, in. Yes. I'm going to enjoy everything that is backfiring against me. Yes. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to blame my bishops. I'm not wow. going to blame my pastors. Oh. I'm not going to blame my local church and make everybody else to blame for problems that I'm going through. Now, men, I'm not saying that this is a blanket statement that fits everybody, but it fits some people, and it fits a lot of ministers. As long as life is going good, no problem. As long as we're having great churches and wonderful worship and adequate preaching, good attendance, no problem. Sure, sure. But let a pandemic come. Uh, Let fulfillment of the words of Jesus come to us. Hmm. Many people begin to slow down in their enthusiasm. Hmm. Paul said, "I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take pleasure in them. Pleasure in them. Wow. That means I'm going to enjoy." You know, one time Paul wrote the church of Philippi, and he talked about, "I know how to abound, and I know how to be abased."
1: Yes, joy.
3: I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Yes, I think this is a time that the church needs to be the happiest
1: I it's agree. ever been.
3: If we're not careful, mm-hmm. we can let the spirit of the, of the age come into our churches, and we can wow. feel a despondency. We can feel a confusion. We cannot give in to the spirit of the age. Paul talked about that I'm going to take pleasure in my infirmities when I'm feeble, when I'm weak, when I'm suffering pain or when I'm suffering sickness.
1: Can I, can I just ask you something here, Bishop? Go ahead, sir. Can I I ask you something here? Sure. So this is, this is a, a personal reflection and kind of a journey and you're, you're dialing right into it. So that, that I feel God's had, had me on in my position as pastor. Over this, the church that I'm privileged to pastor, we have spent a lot of time making sure the church doesn't act like the world, look like the world, uh, reflect the world, whether it be in lifestyle, music selection, uh, etc. I believe that what's happened over the last few months, and you're you're you are striking at this, is that we've got to make sure that we don't. Think like the world about the events of the world. Mm. <clears throat> so so uh, it, the, the emotional baggage that the pandemic has brought should not be affecting the world, if I'm hearing you right, should not be affecting the church the same way that it's affecting the world.
3: Pastor... I can't say it any better than what you just said it. It should not be. However, let's be fair about this. We are in the world. We're not of the well world. Mm. And I don't want to generalize this, but back to the church in Corinth, Paul wrote, what fellowship hath light with darkness? What concord hath Belial with Christ? Mm. And I do believe that we will always be aware of circumstances that's going on around us. Certainly, But we have a hope. Huh. We have a Christ that's guiding our everyday life. So you're, you're really right. We have spent so much time and it's not been wasted time. Absolutely. To be sure that we don't dress like the world and be sure that we don't act like the world. But we have not spent a lot of time dealing with our thought patterns Right. And we don't need to think like the world. Long ago, an old bishop said something to me that I've never forgotten. He called me by name, and he said, you can mark it down. If a church is not a spiritual church, if a pastor is not a spiritual pastor, and don't let that term shock you.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Because even though we have men that are pastors, that doesn't automatically make us spiritual men. He said, if a church is not spiritual, and if a pastor's not spiritual in his leadership, eventually there'll be a trickle-down effect to come into our local churches as what is going on in our everyday life. I'm not uh-huh. traveling as much as I was traveling because of restrictions that we're facing today brethren, I am appalled. I, I'm very stirred in my spirit. I'm deeply moved that in my lifetime, of course, I've been many years in this work. I'm beyond 55 years in the full-time ministry, but I have seen very definable transitions in many churches. Less emphasis is placed on prayer. Mm. Less emphasis is placed on praise and worship. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: More emphasis is placed on some social activities in the church. I think there's room for some of that, so long as those social activities do not conflict with the more important things, Uh. the spiritual activities. It's important, Brother McKillop, that I make a statement. I do believe that the church is going to be fully aware of the stress and the pressures that's in the world. And because we're in the world, we could feel a part of that. But this is no time to give in to it. We right. need to remember who we are. Mm. And we've been called out of darkness into this marvelous light. This is not a cheap Dime store prophecy. This is Bible. Wow. The church is going to survive.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> the church
3: is? is not going to move down a slippery slope and get quagmired into compromisings more than holding the standards, but in strong cornerstone doctrines, mm. the church is going to pass every test. May I make a statement to you? Please. The rich young ruler ran to Jesus, and you can almost sense the public fanfare. He ran to him. He fell at his feet, kneeling before him, and he asked, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? Mm. Apparently, Jesus did not hear the question quite accurately. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
3: so instead of telling the young man what to do, he started telling him what he he doesn't need to do. <laughs> and well, that's not what I asked. What do I do? And Jesus said, okay, then don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't bear false witness. Don't defraud. And while Jesus was preaching the don't sermon, he stopped him. <laughs> he said, I've, I've done all this from my youth. He passed the don't test. But then Jesus answered his question. Now, if you want to know what to do, mm, all right, then do sell all that you have. Mm. And do give it to the poor. Mm. And do take up your cross. And do follow me, Pastor McKillop and Pastor Townley. He passed the don't test. My, but he wow. failed the due test. And <laughs> oh <my God>. so, he <laughs> turned away sorrowfully. So so that. I think. Let me, let me say this statement, Brother Townley. I believe that we have perfected our local churches of don't do this, don't do that. Come on. Don't wear this and don't wear oh. that. Oh. Don't act this way, don't do that. And that's important. But it's time that we now take the examination of the due test. Oh, my Lord. And I fear that we may be like the rich young ruler and we can pass the don't test. Wow.
1: Yeah.
3: But are we going to pass the do test? We got to drop a Bible
0: bomb. We got to drop a Bible bomb here. Just take a
3: breath. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Come on. Fireworks to me. (laughs) Yes, sir. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. So what are we going to do? Right. I want to talk about that. Go. Yeah. We're going to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not on our own. So what are we going to do? We're going to resolve everything that's going on around us into the hands of our master. So what are we going to do? We're going to walk with Jesus with joy, with happiness, and we're not going to take a come what may attitude. But here's what we're going to do. Praise God. We're going to have revival anyway. Yes. Pandemic comes and pandemic comes. Well, what are we going to do? We're not going to wring our hands. Watch out. I know I'm on a podcast. Yeah. We're yep. not going to bite our fingernails and we're not going to become a nervous wreck. Right. What are we going to do? Well, we're just going to do this. We're going to say, you know, when the enemy comes against us like a flood, <laughs> God's going to raise up a standard. We're going to be okay. So what are we going to do? Woo. Mm. Greater is he that is within me than he he that is within the world. May I speak directly to pastors right now? Mm. Keep preaching the don'ts. But dear man of God, it's time to start emphasizing the do's. Okay. (laughs) I'm looking at my clock, and I don't know when to quit.
0: We keep on going. You know what? Take a breath, Bishop. We just need to do a little Praise break here just to uh you know <laughs> we had to clean come on clean out our brains here.
1: <laughs> if 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 that last five minutes did not have you standing up in the <laughs> driver's seat going down the freeway screaming with your head out the sunroof, then <laughs> then, then your wood's too wet to oh, get yeah. lit, brother. Oh,
0: yeah. This yeah. may I just Ooh. say this is why you subscribe to Kingdom Speak. That's right. right. And if you haven't, what are you doing with your life? This is a do. Do subscribe (laughs) at the moment. Yes. Thank you for being a part of King to Speak. And if you haven't rated and reviewed us, do it. Do it. Do Do it. it. Now let's get back to King to Speak. Wow. Wow. Oh,
1: Bishop, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's a whole lot easier uh And I'm I might be should be forming this in a question, but from from my limited experience, it's easier to get people in alignment with the don'ts than it is to get them to 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 buy into the action.
0: Mm.
1: Is is that a fair statement,
3: Pastor? this is a sermon all within itself, but my quick response is this, Watch this? He that knoweth to do oh good. well that's where the bottom. sin is. God doeth it
1: knoweth.
3: not. That's now, right didn't say he that knoweth not what not to do or right don't do, but he that knows to do. And I believe pastor friends, you know what God has called you to do. Yeah. Stop waiting. Get up. Do it. So be the man of God. God. So then I'd like to speak to the church collectively. I speak to the bride of Christ.
1: Oh God.
3: We're gonna do this. Yeah, we are. We're going to do the work. Mm. No one is gonna take our place. We've been given this great and glorious truth. Mm. And we will pass the don't examination, but we're going to pass the do test yes. in these last days.
1: Yes. Amen. And is this is this not, man? I feel the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Is is this not what the truest expression of faith really is? Show me your faith by your doing.
3: That's awesome. that is so good
1: you you really it's, it's the, the faith isn't necessarily demonstrated in what we're not doing it's it's demonstrated by what we are doing
3: you know Brother McKillop also just because we're doing the right things, that does not mean though that we are exempt from certain satanic attacks for sure um Bible says of the great patriarch Job, he was a perfect man. Wow. wow. He mm. was an upright man.
1: Wow.
3: He was a man that feared God.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Here's a man that abstained and eschewed evil.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Every morning he would arise and offer sacrifices for his family, his children. Mm-hmm. He was doing the right things. God. A perfect man? Why? He shouldn't have a satanic attack. hmm. An upright man, he should have a problem-free ministry. A man that hates evil and sin, and he lives a great life. Bible says he was the greatest man of the East. Mm. But just because you're doing the right things, preacher, Mm. uh, saint of God, Mm. that does not mean that Satan will not come against you. Mm. Mm. But just because Satan comes against you, come on now, Mm. let the old bishop wrap you up. Don't stop doing the right things. Uh, Brother that you've been with me for years and years, and one of my little colloquialisms often at the end of Sunday night services would be, if we keep doing the right things long enough, enough. something's well, going to happen.
2: You
1: know, Bishop Odom, my dad sings a song, our church. Loves it when he does, but he'll stand up and start singing. It may be a long time coming, but right will win.
3: Oh, my, yeah,
1: yeah, it may be a long time coming, but right's gonna win.
3: Was it Edmund Burke that said, um, almost two centuries ago, and I'm gonna butcher this up for evil to prevail?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes
3: is for good men to, to do. do nothing
2: nothing, nothing. <laughs> you know <laughs> wow you know Hebrews chapter 11 is just it's just kind of ringing right now Bishop you talked about Paul and uh, some of his greatest prison letters he writes about the joy and just transitioning we see him take that and uh, act it out while he and Silas are in prison and we see them bringing joy to that setting. Hebrews chapter 11, you taught me to call that the heroes of faith. You look at that and you see each man in his own struggle, in his own generation, in his own trouble, but they were doing something from Abel offering a more excellent sacrifice all the way to uh, Jacob worshiping, leaning on his staff. And yet at the end of it, it says through faith that it wasn't, uh, they didn't have a perfect world, didn't have a perfect setting. And that tends to be what I'm hearing today is in the imperfect world, let's keep doing, let's keep working, mm. let's keep striving. So my question, Bishop, to you, uh, I like the, what do we need to do? Uh, on a maybe a, a bit more practical part of it, are there things that we're seeing kind of divorcing from the church where we're seeing more inspirational teaching than we are instructional and doctrinal teaching that brings the real joy. What is the distinct difference between a generation that could have and live in poverty and have joy and a generation that could have everything and still lack the joy? So could could you maybe speak to that?
3: I will, and I'm not pulling rank because of my age, my parents were converted in, in the year of 1950. I received the Holy Ghost at a young age, received my call to the ministry when I was nine years old. My dad took me to the old bishop and the old bishop gathered me up on his knee and at nine years old, I told him I was called to preach. I didn't preach my first sermon until I was 18 years old. But in my years, Brother Townley, to answer your question, I can remember a Pentecost that was kind of isolated. And to use a Southern colloquialism here, we were happy to be looked upon as the people on the wrong side of the tracks. Mm -hmm. While we weren't illiterate and uneducated, we kind of gave that persona for people to think that about us. But then there was a transition. Um, Men came to leadership that led us into an outreach era. New churches were springing up across North America, the United States and Canada. We saw more missionaries going to foreign fields. We saw then great revivals. But then after several years from isolation to an area of evangelism and outreach, I can well remember we entered into an era of high-pitched inspiration. Now, when I mention these things, I'm not opposed to it. But high-powered, anointed choirs and great music and great singing, and many went through a transition of their style of preaching. And suddenly sermons became high-pitched, inspirational, and I'm not taken away from that but some learn that having just a positive attitude or preaching a feel good sermon or singing a feel good song would bring immediate results. And I think that has led us into another era that we suddenly begin to slip away from some of the basic things that has held us together Mm. for not just decades, but for centuries. Now, here's what I predict. You're going to see two great things happen in the church world, and I mean in the apostolic movement in these last days. I believe with all of my heart that there's going to be a coming back to our roots. I believe we're going to go back to strong doctrine, strong emphasis on teaching, preaching the faith, Establishing people. I think there's a reason, Brother McKillop, that over the last some 15 years that we've had a lot of spiritual fatalities and casualties, a lot of backslidings in many churches across North America. It's because the root was not deep enough, the foundation was not secure. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in our final transition, Brother Townley. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go back to where we should have been all the time Absolutely. to the strength of the doctrine, to the power of God. I'm so excited about what I'm about to see happen in the last years of my life. And you men that are quite a bit younger than me, listen to me, not just Brother McKillop and Brother Townley, but all the great younger men of their age group, you're the man that's going to get the art on your shoulders. Mm. And you're the man that's going to lead this ministry in these last days. Oh, Mm. praise God.
2: Mm.
3: Well, you know something, brethren, I know I'm not supposed to do it, but if I would obey what I feel, I would push this chair back. (laughs) I would stand to my feet and to the top of my lungs I would shout hallelujah (laughs) that you can hear me all the way from South Mississippi to Plaster Rock, New Brunswick, Canada. Hallelujah.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Amazing. That was awesome. Look at this. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the compliment, but my hours are too bad. I can't read that. <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: you don't need to. You said it. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> God bless you, precious
3: man. Uh, what a privilege so to be with you.
2: Yes. It is. Wow. Thank you, Bishop, for agreeing to come. What an inspiration. Uh, today. <laughs> we love you and cherish your voice. You know, the last few days I've been going through Bishop's. Uh, uh, website and of course we can put a link to that uh, through Absolutely. this uh, podcast. There, it's
1: floydodumministries uh, dot Okay, floydodumministries dot
2: Go check it out. So, so I was uh, I was going through it and uh, listening to to the preaching. He's got preaching sermons there. I was listening, uh, reading some of the articles yesterday. Uh, also, was listening to his uh, Bible. Reading portions, and that's something that many people, um, many people have have wanted him to record over the years. And so, I want to say thank you, Bishop, for giving us an apostolic voice reading the Bible. I would say that the generation I'm a part of probably listen to the Bible not as much as they read it, but maybe, maybe even more. Uh, we listen to it when we get up in the morning. So that's something. I have wanted, and so on the uh, on the website there, you'll be able to hear it. Uh, but it's been something that I've uh, early in our early years, I was able to enjoy it. Get up real early, six o'clock in the morning, and he'd be up in the living room. He'd already be reading his Bible. I'll never forget slipping in and uh, just. He would be reading it aloud. It. Always, wow. always reading his Bible out loud and uh, what an impact as a young man. It it really taught me uh, that reading the Bible, it brings it to life. There's something about giving words, and and I watched that from Bishop. And so uh, those early morning hours made such an impact on me. And then I started reading it out loud and I noticed Oh, my goodness. It was as if a spirit would come into that room, the spirit of the Lord. He watches over his word. So I would encourage any of you to go over and look at, listen, oh, sure. and you will be blessed. Say it again? Yes? I said Brother for and,
1: sure, man. I uh, need to check it out.
3: Thank you very much. Uh,
2: it was a powerful thing. And, uh, well, so, uh, and his preaching, it, it's on there. So thank you, Bishop, for doing that. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I want my kids, my grandkids, and I thank you for doing what you're doing as uh, as a ministry right now, what you're feeding this generation. I call it low-hanging fruit. It's at a time of life when the tree is so laden, laden with fruit and with blessings, and then we short fellows have the ability to get the fruit. Right. And it's like... It's like the trials of life is the weight that pulls the limbs down that makes the fruit accessible to us. And I want to say
3: thank you, Bishop, for being willing thank to you. pour it out. I you, love it. You, uh, you humble me, Brother Townley, but I've long said that the word needs to, you know, Ezra, after the return to Israel, some scholars teach that for eight hours, he read the law wow. to the people of Israel. They had lived 70 years without the word. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls. Zerubbabel, with the inspirational help of Haggai, they rebuilt the temple. But it was Ezra that rebuilt the law. And for eight hours one day, the people stood and they heard the reading. The first sermon that Jesus preached that is recorded, and he took the book and he read. Mm. And I do believe, Brother McKillop and Brother Townley, that we need to speak this word. I think we have narrowed that definition down to speak a private word to each other or speak the word in the pulpit. But I would encourage every pastor, acclimate yourself to this. Tell your family you're going to have a difference. Get your Bible down and read it out loud. Let the wow. elements around you, let the air hear it. Fill uh, your house with the word of God. Now, look, we've already finished a podcast I've been preaching, and don't get me started on the second one. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. uh,
3: I want well, the young engineer to know that you've done a great job. Thank you for your professional touch. <laughs>
2: Yes, I'm sure he's not going to delete that portion out of the podcast. Yeah, let's make sure we cut that. that out. We're going
0: to start uh, with that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Producer Randy start likes the likes it too. He'll be. I can make sure we cut uh, that out.
2: Yeah. Hey, another thing that I have seen Bishop do through the years is that each church that he is, I guess, when we get into the transitional part, but he has read the Bible out loud. Uh, maybe I know it's been a goal to read the entire Bible out loud in that congregation to an empty building, reading the Bible just to get the word permeated through that building. I've seen him do it in uh, in Alabama, seen him do it there in Spring Hill. I've just watched. That has been an amazing part to me. It's just to read the Bible to what God. Would look like an empty building, but really it's not empty at all. But love you, brother, and thank you, Brother McKillop, for allowing us to be on today.
3: With all these compliments, I think I better be careful because God might send me a thorn in the flesh, (laughs) Satan's messenger, lest I be exalted above measure. Uh, He did that. that.
2: He did that 20 years ago when he sent me to you. He sent you a thorn in the flesh.
3: You said it, but I don't disagree with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but look what God has done in these last days. He has sent me, brother Daniel McKillop. Oh, <laughs> well,
2: but so I became your saving grace. Don't forget that. <laughs> it was the thorn that saved you.
1: <laughs> well, I think everybody would agree with us. Um, we need you to let us know in the comments, but don't. I think we need to have Bishop Odom All back again.
0: We love it. We love it. Um,
1: so we've already talked a bit. Let me put a little plug in here. I think we're going to do an episode with him in the near future on transition, uh, the perils and the potential, uh, as it relates to transition. So you want to stay tuned. Thank you, Bishop Odom for being with us today. Thank you, pastor Townley for helping us, um, host this episode today, and how about this? Thank you, Brother Casista. Oh, I'm honored. Thank you, Producer Randy. Okay, can
0: I just jump in and say, I think Brother Odom, Bishop Odom, needs some props for how he adapted to the podcast platform. Yes. It's like he's been doing this his whole life. Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah. Pretty
3: cool. I was a nervous wreck. Yeah. I was a nervous wreck.
0: I mean, we've all seen him behind the pulpit, and it's like, that guy can go. Yeah. And then when he gets on the podcast, it's like, man, he could go here too. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, I've already told you, stop that now. I'm exalting my above man. You know, down south they call it the luck of the Irish. So I just kind of stumbled through this one with the luck of the Irish. Yes. I hope that's not on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say it, Pastor. Yeah. It. Oh, go cut it. Yeah, we'll cut that. We'll, oh, cut, we'll, cut, that. we'll <laughs> cut that. We'll
1: cut that. Oh, this has been great, Bishop. Wow.